With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 950 KJR Sports Headlines. All righty, boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a Wednesday. Is that right? Is this Wednesday? I believe so. They all blend together, man. Right here on 950 KJR. Headlines are brought to you, of course, by our friends at VenueKings.com. Oh, Lord Shockey. The Kraken back in town tonight against the Coyotes. A.K.A. the Coyotes of Arizona. Formerly the Phoenix Coyotes. Then wanted a bigger footprint, so went to Arizona. Uh, you need tickets for tonight's game? VenueKings.com as you covered. All right, how about this? Multiple reports are saying the Seahawks are on the verge of hiring Viking assistant Carl Scott as passing game coordinator. We thought Ed Donatel was going to get that gig. Mm-hmm. But now there's reports saying that Ed Donatel could be headed to Minnesota to be the Vikings defensive coordinator. So it seems like plans are changing over there. At Don't you know? Yeah. The Vikings, speaking of which, hiring former Colts GM Ryan Grigson for a front office post. Really? The Saints are hiring former Jags head coach Doug Marone to be oh. offensive assistant. I like Ryan Grigson. Uh, NFL commissioner today, Roger Goodell, saying the NFL will play their first ever regular season game in Germany. In 2022, they announced five international games, three in London, one in Mexico, and one more in Germany. Zach Taylor says he's optimistic about his starting tight end, C.J. Uzoma's availability for the Super Bowl. And the Kraken again, back at it tonight. The boys 15-27-4 overall, 3-3 three and three in their last six against the Coyotes tonight. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff right here on your home for the Kraken, 950 KJR. And here we go. And now, two goofy, wacko, out-of-touch homers. Just brutal radio. Just horrible. Live. 41 yards. From Elliott Bay. Can you feel it now? Hey, Seattle. This is Softy and Dick. Ah, what a weird day. Do you have that kind of weird feeling that I have? Same kind of like, eh, something's going on here. Something's not. Maybe it's because he's freaking out back there. He is freaking out. Today is a big day for Jackson potential. You need to relax, man. You know, I have no idea what the word relax means. If you need to live on the street for a couple of weeks, then it's fine. Dick and I'll get you a tent. Do you guys have a basement? Yeah. I don't, but he does. I have no basement. (laughs) Basement. I have no basement. (laughs) I got a spare bedroom, too. Come on over. We want him and his wife living in the spare bedroom? Sure. How about, me and, how about me and my wife? I've had many, I've had many people live in the spare bedroom in our house. Like, well, like, stay there for, like, Not multiple for a long days. time. Okay, well, he may yeah. have to move in for a couple of months. Well, then he can have the basement. And you know what happens? A couple of months turns into a couple of years. A couple of years turns into a decade. And all of a sudden, the guy's, like, adopted yeah. Our by Our kids you. are there. And- yes, exactly. <laughs> His kids I don't have a bed down the basement anymore. I got a very re- comfortable oh, recliner, yeah. but not a uh, not a bed. Well, Jackson's in the process of trying to find a house for the first time in his life, Ooh. and I know what that's all about, man. So, yeah, good luck with that, pal. Our first offer hey, is going in today. Good so. thing your wife's a shrink. That's all I'm saying. Oh, thank right? goodness. You, you you need some advice on how to deal with this and not bang your head against the that's wall. Right. Ask your wife. Oh. Well, we got a lot to get to. Mike Florio uh, is going to join us uh, coming up at three ten today. He is a genuine butthole. He is, and thank you, L.A. for the uh, Super Bowl. 
uh, on Radio Row, which I got to be honest with you, and we'll talk to Petros about this at 4 o'clock. I, I, I miss a little bit of the activity at the Super Bowl, but there's a big part of me that's glad we're not there. I'm, I'm just fine sitting here talking mm-hmm. about it. I am as well. And there's a couple reasons why. Number one, it's a lot of work. And I don't mind working hard, but when I say it's a lot of work, I mean it is a lot of work, especially when it's a Midwest or an East Coast trip. You're there all day. I mean, dude, Kevin and I, I think we were in, like, Houston. We'd get there at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we'd stay until 10 o'clock at night. It was insane. And the way they usually set it up, they bring food for the media in the morning, like muffins and coffee and stuff like that. Then they bring lunch, and then they're done. It's like vultures. And everybody leaves. And everybody takes off. And you're and they, still there. But they have it in a place like a convention center where there's nowhere to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it's amazing. Like, I noticed this over the weekend. I was coming home from a trip. When was the last time you saw a gas station within 10 miles of an airport car return center? Because you're getting off the freeway. You got to gas up so you're not getting charged 10 bucks a gallon by the car people. Right. When was the last time you saw a gas station anywhere near one of those spots? They're not usually uh, convenient like yeah, that. I think they're in cahoots with the car rental company. Yep. They literally tell these oil companies, hey, don't open up a gas station. We'll charge them 50 bucks a gallon for gas when they drop off their car and we'll give you half. <laughs> I swear to God, I think that's a deal. And these restaurants, man, they say, hey, don't open a place up. We'll make people get Uber Eats or whatever it is, DoorDash, and we'll give you half of whatever you get. So there's nothing to eat. And then on top of that, the biggest reason why I hate going down there is because when you go to the Super Bowl radio row, we are surrounded by dipsticks. And it just reminds me of how big a douchebag people like you and I really are. We are unbelievably irrelevant. We're surrounded by all these grease balls in sports talk radio. Mm -hmm. And you tell yourself, that's me. I'm that guy. That person's me. It reminds me every year how irrelevant I really am. I enjoyed it the first couple of times, and I think fans would enjoy it if they went for like the first couple. But then yeah, they once, would, right, they would yeah. realize yeah, a couple hours. This whatever, is yeah. all it is, you know, because you hear like, "Oh wow, you get to go to the Super Bowl." Well, no, actually, we're not really going to the game. Yeah. We're just going down well, there and sitting are, in a yeah, convention right. center for a week and and not yeah. and you know talking to people. You get to talk to some cool people. Sure, sure. I mean, I will never forget our conversations with. Bill Romanowski, which oh, I'm still like oh, yeah. afraid of. Were you there with me in uh, New York for that interview yes. when he was on the air with us talking about Joe Meggett? You remember that? I was. I interviewed him. I think I was on the morning show at that point. Okay, so when he was, but he was on with the morning show too, right? Well, he has obviously issues. Yes. Okay, from a lot of different reasons, maybe self-induced and others because of collisions he had in the NFL. And he sits down at the table and he looks at me and because we're talking about all the greasy, you know, cheap stuff he used to pull. And he says, I remember one time when Joe Mega was at the bottom of a pile and I grabbed his pinky and I cracked it like a chicken bone. <laughs> and he looked at me with this. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> what the hell is going on so here? Scary. And then on top of that, that's that's the other part of it, that these. These agencies or representatives bring these athletes over, and it's like a mad dash, right? It's like moths to a flame, mm-hmm. and you're sta- literally like a just a complete D-bag standing in line behind four or five other morons from across the Waiting country to get Bill begging to get on the list to get these guys on your show. It's I, I hate it. It's, it's horrible. The, yeah, it's the worst. He, he powdered Millen's ankle, too, remember? 
Who did Romo? Romo. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, between that and Cortez Kennedy falling on him, there's a reason why Hugh Millen can't even walk for crying out loud <laughs> half the time. So Mike Florio is at Radio Row. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about with him. Petros will join us at four oh five on the program. Tony Pauline from the uh, Pro Football Network, the Believe and Draft the uh, podcast, will join us as well at about five thirty. We'll talk some draft, get some thoughts on some of the Huskies playing in this game on Sunday. The Seahawks obviously have many, many, many needs uh, over the offseason. We'll talk to Tony about that as well. And then Kraken Hockey coming up. Uh, by the way, uh, Chris Victor, who's the head coach of the Seattle U Redhawks, uh, your weekly conversation with him is coming up at about 6.10 or so. And they got a chance to make the NCAA tournament. They absolutely right? do. No doubt. I mean, they got the best chance of any team in this I, city to make the tournament. Yes. I would <laughs> right. say right now they're the second best team in the WAC behind right. New Mexico State. So it's yeah. just a matter of getting to that final Yes. And beat New Mexico State or hoping somebody Oof. else bumps them off in the WAC well, tournament so they can get to the NCAA. That would be sweet. I'm going to tell you right now, what would suck for me is to have three teams from the state make the tournament and the Huskies aren't one of them. I mean, that'd be brutal. All right, if Wazoo finds a way to get in there, they make a run come tournament time There's or whatever. There's a reasonable chance of that happening. Gonzaga and then Seattle U. So, I don't know, man. But uh, we'll talk to Chris. And we do have, when's the next game? Is it tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow uh, night. Is that right? Clock, yeah. Climate Pledge. I have not yet been to a game inside the arena. I want to go, but if you want want to go watch the game tomorrow if you just want to see basketball mm-hmm. inside the future home of the Sonics. That's Text right. in your first and last name, the city you're from. Is that cool? And email. And your email. Thank you to 49451 right now. We'll pick a couple of winners for some tickets for the game tomorrow. All right, uh, let's get to Mike Florio right now. It's time for our weekly conversation with Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. Brought to you by Simply Seattle. Tired of buying and repping the same old Seattle sports gear everyone else has? For the best Storm, Seahawks, Mariners, Kraken, Rainiers, Sounders, and not to mention the largest Sonics collection in the world, check out simplyseattle.com. Now with Mike Florio, here's Softy and Dick. All right, let's get to L.A. Radio Row or somewhere around Radio Row. We just talked about big-time celebrity guests being in demand. Right? Yes. This guy, I'm sure, is in well, demand. I remember right? interviewing him Ooh. down there, and he was the, he was the sharpest dressed person yes. of yes. anybody. I mean, he wears full-on suits every day. Everybody else looks like a slob. Yeah, now he's probably wearing a pair of sweats and a T-shirt, yeah, maybe. Let's find out. Yeah. Mike Florio, how are you, pal? That was a long time ago. Now, now that I've... Now that I've uh, I've arrived. I don't wear that crap anymore. <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want. That's right, man. you're big time. Well, you earned our, it. Our show, our show on Peacock is very casual, so I've just got slacks and polo shirt today. Yeah. And also, this year we have a setup that is away from the Radio Row experience. We're in the NFL experience, which is very nice. We're kind of off to ourselves, right? And. Uh, I like it that way. I like being off to myself. Well, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. Dick and I are fully naked right now ah! as we speak, so we're very comfortable. <laughs> hey, what's uh, what's Radio Row like? Is it packed? Uh, are, are there less stations because of COVID? What's the uh, what's the impression you get down there? I was only there yesterday for a little bit. I did something with some of my friends in Pittsburgh, and I visited with my buddy Chris Mad Dog Russo. It's it's more than I thought it would be by way of people and tables. Um, and on Tuesday, it's not nearly as busy as it is on Wednesday, which isn't nearly as busy as it is on Thursday. So I, it, it, there is definitely a strong push toward normalcy in this environment. And, yes, people have masks on and people have to be tested for COVID. 
have this very impressive test that we had to take, which you actually had a little unit that you put batteries in, and you, you put the swab in your nose, and then you, you put it in, and you stir it up, and it takes 30 minutes to generate the result. I mean, it's pretty impressive, but you have to be clean. And I actually gave myself a test this morning because I woke up uh, with a headache and some congestion. It's like, you know, I don't want to go over there if there's any chance I have this. So the pandemic's still happening, but there is a much more relaxed attitude toward it than I thought there would be. What's the vibe on the game? Obviously, there's storylines, but to me, I would have loved to see Kansas City against the Rams. I would have loved to see Josh Allen and the Bills against the Rams. This, to me, is a little bit, eh, I'm not as fired up as I normally would be. Is that the kind of the general consensus there or not? Well, I, I mean, people like the Bengals. I think that the, the, the conventional view is the Rams are the better team, and if they let the Bengals hang around, there's a chance the Bengals will take it. But that pass rush of the Rams is so overpowering, and the offensive line of the Bengals has been so suspect that even Joe Burrow, with everything we've seen him do that has been amazing and his swagger and his confidence and Jamar Chase, who is very hard to stop, they're just not going to be good enough when the time comes to outscore the Rams. And, yeah. you know, it's second straight year with the team basically having a home game, even though the Rams don't quite have the, you know, the, the home following that maybe they, they would in other cities, given the fact that the market was abandoned for 20 years. But, yeah, it's, it's – and, and also with all the other crap going on in the NFL, I feel like the non-Super Bowl news mm-hmm. is eclipsing – whatever news the Super Bowl would create. Totally. And there aren't, like, any big injury issues or storylines that are coming out of the Super Bowl, which makes it easier for some of these non-Super Bowl things to get more attention. No, I, I think it's absolutely a much bigger story than the game. I mean, the Brian Flores situation, obviously, uh, Tom Brady's retirement, uh, you know, all that is a bigger deal. And, uh, you know, I want to go there because I'm just curious, what what is going on with Eric Bieniemy? right? I mean, two years ago, three years ago, felt like a lock to eventually get a head coaching job, and, and now the guy is still looking for one. What, what, what's, what's happening there behind the scenes, in your opinion? I don't know what the issue is. I, I tried to do some reporting on it during the postseason for one of our uh, pregame shows on NBC, I think the divisional round or the, or the wild card round, but what what is – the impediment. Why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting hired? And you know, there's chatter that he doesn't give a good interview. And I've been told by people who've interviewed him that's not the case. Now, are they just being nice? I don't know. But what I was told is it's more about that projection. When someone has been a coordinator, are they going to be a good head coach? And when you do the full research on the candidate, as far back as you can get information, and you talk to people. Is this person ready to take the next step? Is this person someone who is going to be a successful leader of an organization? And for whatever reason, Eric Bieniemy's ship hasn't come in in that regard. I thought it would this year, and it just didn't. And, you know, he spent five years with the Vikings as running backs coach. He was assistant head coach in 2010 under Brad Childress. So ownership there, and there are people in the front office there who know him. And he was not a serious candidate for the Vikings job. I don't think he even got an interview there. So there is something strange that's going on when it relates to Eric Bieniemy. I, I just, for the life of me, can't get can't get a straight answer. And I know that he's got some off-field issues from the past, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't stop Matt Patricia from becoming the head coach of the Lions. Matt Patricia was actually prosecuted and tried for rape in 1996. 
and that didn't keep him from becoming a head coach. So I don't know what the issue is. How much risk is Brian Flores in of entering the Kaepernick zone and not getting a job for a long time? I think he's already there. Hmm. Look, you take on the NFL. You take off, take on the oligarch system where you've got 31 teams owned by really rich and powerful people. You stick them in the eye, and you're going to have a hard time getting a seat at the table. He's made strong accusations against Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, strong accusations against Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, strong accusations against the New York football giants. And more recently, when he didn't get the job with the Texans, his lawyers came out and said that obviously it's because of his lawsuit. Now, a lot of people think that it's fair game to shun someone who's had the audacity to file a lawsuit seeking to vindicate his or her legal rights. That is illegal. You cannot retaliate against someone who has gone to court to try to advance their rights. And in this case, even though the NFL initially said that his claims are without merit, they, they are singing a much different tune now, yeah. especially if you listen to what Roger Goodell had to say today about the Flores accusations, whether it's racial bias or the, the Stephen Ross tanking offer. And, and yeah, I, I think that it's going to be problematic. And the owners ultimately aren't going to do anything that they feel like someone is trying to force them to do. They don't react well to attacks. And I think this case can hang around for a couple of years. And when it's settled, it's quite, quite possible that the owners will do with Brian Flores what I thought they were going to do with Colin Kaepernick, which is not just settle the claims as of now, but buy out his future employment rights. Get an agreement from Brian Flores that he won't seek or accept mm. employment with any NFL team in the future and pay him accordingly. And it's going to be expensive, but you know what? Like every other settlement or judgment against the league, it all gets divided 32 ways. Yeah, well, Mike Florio with us, courtesy of Simply Seattle. Matt Stafford's 34, and he probably plays another, what, five or six years in the NFL. So a long way to go. But there's some folks that think that if Matt Stafford wins on Sunday, he doesn't just win the Lombardi, he wins a spot in the Hall of Fame. You agree with that? Well, I think that even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, he's on track to get in the Hall of Fame. He's going to break a lot of the records. He is rising up the ranks quietly. You know, he's had a career that's flown under the radar. He played for a bad Lions franchise. He was the best thing about the Lions for a long time. And now we get to see him with another team. We get to appreciate how he gets banged around and beaten around and gets off the mat and keeps going. And, you know, in the NFC Championship, his, his elbow was busted up and his hand was busted up and he got hit illegally and he was pretzeled around and he still keeps going. And I don't know how many more years he's going to play, but we're seeing more and more quarterbacks play to the brink of or beyond 40. He really could end up top two, top three in the major passing uh, yardage and, and attempts and completions and touchdowns records. And I think, I think it's going to be hard to keep him out, even without a Super Bowl win. Fran Targeting got it without a Super Bowl win. There have been plenty of great quarterbacks who were statistically excellent in comparison to their peers who have gotten in without a Super Bowl win. I, I think he's got a chance to do it. Mike, it's been a strange defensive coordinator search for the Seahawks, and uh, they've kind of hired a guy here and a guy there to fill some spots and promoted Clint Hurt. But Sean Desai is sitting out there that's been a big name, at least, over the last uh, three or four weeks. He still doesn't have a job. So what do you know about him, and where do you think he ends up? Well, I know that he's been linked to several different teams. I don't know where he's going to end up. And, you know, the defensive coordinator job in in Seattle, when when your head coach is a defensive guy, it it doesn't have the the same relevance, the same significance that it would have in Minnesota, 
where Sean Desai would most likely be completely and totally in charge of the defense with basically full autonomy. I think back to Sean McVay's first year with the Rams, and obviously Kevin O'Connell, who's going to be the coach of the Vikings, barring something unforeseen, not like that's ever not happened before, like Josh McDaniels four years ago when he jilted the Colts. But assuming O'Connell ends up coaching the Vikings, I remember McVay's first year, he's sitting on the Gatorade cooler, mapping out his plan for the next offensive possession while Wade Phillips is running the team. So, you know, I think if I'm Desai, I'd rather go to a place where I'm going to get more authority, where I'm going to be more of a real coordinator, where I'm calling the plays defensively, and I'm maybe setting myself up to be a head coach somewhere. I think it's hard to do. And I know we've seen defensive coordinators spin off as head coaches from Seattle, whether it's Gus Bradley or who else? Gus Bradley and who Dan else? Who Quinn, else am I missing? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, Gus Bradley, so and Chris Richard who who felt like at one point he was going to move in that direction but never did. But I, I'd rather go to a place where the head coach is the offensive guy so I get to run the defense and show what I can do. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Hey, by the way, if I ask you who you like on Sunday, you're going to say I've got to make my pick until later? What now? Who do you like to, to win the game on Sunday? Uh, I'm making my pick later. I just said that. (laughs) I know. You can't give us a little preview? Just with us, the three of us? Uh, Head says Rams, heart says Bengals. Okay. Well, what's what's the smarter bet? Just the three of us and the five people who are listening. What's the smarter bet? Head says Rams, heart says Bengals. What's the smarter bet, your head or your heart? Well, uh, my head. All right. My head. I'm probably going to go with the Rams. The question is, do the Rams cover? All right. That's the question. And and I think the Rams need to. Mm. Why? Need to step uh, they're, they're, they're the better team across the board. Great, great players making great plays, and I think it's going to be too much for the Bengals to handle. You know, the pass rush is going to be impossible to handle. Uh, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Cam Akers, a couple more weeks removed from his torn Achilles tendon. You know, but the thing is, you never know when Matt Stafford's going to cough one up, and and whether or not the defensive player is going to actually catch it. Jaquaski Tart had that opportunity oh. a couple of weeks ago, and, and hey, in the NFC Championship, I, at one point I said. Whoever wins this game is going to be in trouble if they play like this in, in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. That, that's going to be the test. Yeah. You've got to jump on the Bengals, and you really do have to knock them out. And the Chiefs failed. Um, they had their chance. They're up 21-3, and they blew it. They got soft. They took they, you know, not, not, not that they are soft physically. I mean, they, they got complacent. Yeah. They took their foot off the gas, and it opened the door for the Bengals. And that could actually help the Rams avoid that similar fate. The problem is if that plays out that way, it's going to be a boring Super Bowl. We want an exciting Super Bowl. And, and if it's an exciting Super Bowl, the Bengals are more likely to win it. Mike, great stuff. Enjoy L.A. Uh, we have your hotel, so uh, look out. We're going to send you like an edible uh, arrangement, you know, fruit, cookies, whatever, to the room. So the edibles, Speaking of edibles, there is a dispensary not far from here. <laughs> Enjoy it, pal. When you said edibles, I didn't yeah. think you meant cantaloupe well, on a stick. Well, you know, well, which one do you want? You want the cantaloupe or you want the <laughs> cannabis? I want the cannabis, not the cantaloupe. Done. We're on. Now, and you know what? My son's, been, my son's been telling me I should go. My concern is that I'm going to get, like, really baked and I'm not going to be able to function the next day. That wouldn't be good for anybody. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I, uh, that's great. That's, that's very entertaining. I, I would tune in for that. All right, man, listen, enjoy the game. Hey, we have a, a five-hour pregame show. Yeah. What if yeah. I have an edible right as the pregame show begins uh, on Sunday? Great if, idea. If you do that, I promise to watch all five hours. All five good. hours. All right, and I'll promote it for you on my massive Twitter account. Awesome. All right, buddy. Enjoy the game.
Love you. Bye. See, See ya. ya. Mike Florio with us. He may have already been hitting the dispensary, yeah, man. He might have. I mean, why not? You know, it's no longer frowned upon. He right? was very talkative the way it today. was years ago. He might be on speed for crying out loud. Hey, speaking of talkative, uh, is Richard Sherman pissed at Seahawks fans? Like, what's going on here? We're going to check that out next on 950 KJR. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now back to Softy and Dick on your home for Super Bowl 56. Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. Hey, you want to decide uh, policy for the radio show? You want to help dictate the opinion of the radio show? Should uh, Mike Florio enjoy uh, cannabis or cantaloupes uh, pregame Super Bowl? Who doesn't want to see Mike Florio stoned out of his mind? And by the way, he showed his age when he said baked. Yeah, the kids did. today still say baked. No, no. Yeah, we used to say that back in the day. I'm getting baked, man. Uh, but we'd like to send him something to his hotel room. So do we send him uh, a, uh, a bouquet of uh, fruit on a stick? Or do we send him a bag of dope? <laughs> Hashtag cannabis or okay. cantaloupe. Yeah, so you could be on the committee that helps decide the official yes. opinion of the radio show. So we've put to, we are putting together, uh, I guess you can kind of call it a editorial board. The name will be decided later. The Softy and Dick Show Board. Uh, go to the website sportsradiokjr.com. We're always tweeting out links to this thing on Twitter as well. So check that out. Where if you want to be on the committee that helps decide the official position of the program. Uh, you can do that. And if you are one of the people selected for the board, you're going to get all kinds of perks, including membership at the Mug Club at the Ram, uh, discounts at Simply Seattle, free membership for a year at Lakeland Village Golf Course out there in beautiful Allen, mm-hmm. Washington. And that's pretty cool, man. Very you get a, cool. a free yeah. golf club membership for a year just for being on our dopey committee. Yeah. Huh? Yes. I want a free membership for a year. You're going to get a $100 gift card to the Ram. Cool. We're going to get two big, big old parties yes. of beer and burgers at yes. the Ram. Yes. And when Jackson buys his house, he'll throw a party for you, too. And you'll show up and help him, uh, you know, kind of uh, I will. knock the place in. A Let's do bit. it. You're going to really? move right up the hill from the Ram, aren't you? You I, are. I am. And we, we drove right by the That's Ram this afternoon. Beautiful thing. Now, wait a minute. Are you Wonderful. actually offering to host a party at your house for strangers? You know, well, if it's the house we looked at today if we get that there is a party room that we could, nice. we could throw with the, for, for there's the board. not a chance in hell my wife would let me do that yeah. not a chance rice is nice neither, no. not a chance you I'll, saying, I'll, I'll, I'll force it upon you're saying my I'll, wife's I'll not nice is that what no, saying? i'm saying my i'm saying my there was, wife a, will... there was an implication there no did you hear that Jeez, <laughs> there was more than an implication hey, you know what if you hear from my wife uh, don't come crying oh, to me God. okay because my wife ooh, oh man, you don't want to see an angry gina no. My wife's very nice. She'll well, she's angry about the guacamole in the refrigerator too. That's a problem. Gonna, so, well, t- it's like taco salad <laughs> night tonight at our house. And is, is your wife like mine in that she will not eat anything past the expiration date? Nothing. Yep. yep. Like even if it's frozen, I could go down to the butcher yep. and buy fifty bucks worth of filet mignon, <laughs> mm-hmm. stick it in the freezer. And then take it out in a month from now, and she won't eat it because yep. it's past the expiration. Date. Oh, in the freezer? Yes. 
Oh, I, yeah. I my wife's cool it. about the freezer. She won't she's, eat it. She's no. worried about the... Nope. If it goes a couple days in the fridge past the expiration date, no. and she has the most sensitive nose. She's a freaking bloodhound when it comes to mm. nose. Mm. You smell that? Does that yeah. smell bad? Yeah. Smell this. Does that smell bad? I was like, no, it doesn't smell bad at all. It doesn't Give smell it bad, me. honey. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> how I smell. All right, jeez. God's <laughs> sake, lady. But she won't do it. You know, like we got guacamole in the refrigerator that that the 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 best buy. Right. Which the which best is not expiration. Correct. Date. Correct. That's There's a best difference. Buy. The best buy means it's better to have it by this date. It's the best by this date. What's right below best? Buy. Better. 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 It's 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 still okay, but it's not as best as it could be. That's right. She doesn't look at it that way. She thinks if you if you eat it after the Best Buy date, you're going to pass away. Is there fuzz on the guacamole? No, no okay, fuzz Okay, well, then you're good. <laughs> There's no fuzz. Eat no it. No fuzz. That's the key. You see fuzz, fuzz you're going to be out. out. <laughs> but that's not the way she operates. And Nothing. believe me, I've taken I've taken fuzz out of sour cream and oh. still eaten the sour cream. Yeah. Just what? the non-fuzzy part. That is, oh. uh, that's not, yeah, that, that, is, that explains a lot, man. Are you kidding me? Man, really? I didn't throw up. So fine. you're basically taking mold off food and still consuming the food. No, like the mold was on the top. That's what you're doing. Like not freezer burn. I'm talking no, about no, like no, there's like, actual, yeah. that's mold yeah, growing from the food. But there was no mold like at the bottom of the sour cream. It was fine. Wow. Got a little, what? I needed my little dollop of sour cream and there was wow. fuzz on the top of the of the canister. That is just a little bit. Horrifically so gross. I was like, you know. That's is exactly why my <laughs> wife will not eat anything past so, the expiration so date because of people like you. I mean, so when you get a loaf of bread and you yeah. start to see that that it's getting mold on the out, do you then rip off the outer edges no, and find the good parts of the bread to, to eat? If I needed some bread. Just I, answer the question. Would you or would you not? Yes, I would, eat a, pe- I would eat a piece. I would eat a piece that's not green. <laughs> oh. I would eat a piece of nuts. You know, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you know that, right? I mean, I, 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 I like. I thought the that green was just, tells you it's and, bad. If it doesn't have green on it, it's not bad. Well, but uh, I'm still oh, here. Geez. Okay. Well, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, apparently things are, there's hard times at the Fane household. All right, and if you I'm not need, some, that's if the you need usual. some financial support, I'm there for you. <laughs> Instead of eating the bread that did have the mold on it, why don't you just call me and I'll send over some bread to the house? All right, I'll 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 call the, you know DoorDash or whatever or whatever the Instacart and I'll get you a, a freaking loaf of bread. There's no need for you to be eating bread that at one point contained mold. There's no need for it. All right, we got a break now. For yeah. God's sakes, this Richard. I, w- I want to talk about Richard Sherman. Okay, because Richard Sherman, I guarantee you, he's not eating mold or anything that no. had mold. <laughs> Richard Sherman sounds like he's a little bit bitter with Seahawk fans, and I want to know first of all if you guys agree with that statement, and then if he is, why does he feel that way? Next on nine fifty KJR with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now back to Softy and Dick on your home for Super Bowl 56. Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. All right, the latest news, by the way, from the Seahawks. Uh, you hear about this? So we thought that Ed Donatel was going to get the secondary job. Clint Hurt, the D.C. job, and they were potentially waiting on a guy like Sean Desai. Mm-hmm. 
to maybe fill in the blanks. Well, now there's multiple reports saying the Seahawks are on the verge of hiring Viking assistant Carl Scott as their passing game coordinator because Ed Donatel could be going to Minnesota as their defensive coordinator. What the hell's going on out here? Thoroughly confused. What is going on here, man? I mean, you know, the Vikings need a D.C., and I get that Ed may have gotten something better, but... Here's the thing. They never officially announced anything, right? The Hawks never That's did. Right. They never even announced Clint Hurd as their defensive coordinator. So who the hell knows what the hell's going on? Maybe that was the plan. You know, there was some thought that was the plan to do something like that. What the hell's going on out here? But now it's kind of falling apart. Maybe they end up with Sean Desai as their DC uh, at the end and make everybody happy. I think I that's know. what would make everybody happy. Yeah. But you think if Pete Carroll knew all this was going to happen, maybe he did. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe this is just something, the, the process he thought was going to happen. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think he would have just said, you know, I'm just going to keep Ken uh, Morton. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, you're, <laughs> you're implying, and maybe you're correct in implying that, that Ken Norton Jr. was fired because Pete Carroll, uh, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll Jr., Ken Norton Jr. was fired because Pete Carroll had a better answer in place, and then that guy's not available. So now, obviously, he also may have just fired Ken Norton because he wanted to change no matter right. what That's and true. felt like he could get somebody. I mean, I got no idea. Maybe he did think he had a guy, and maybe that whole plan is now falling apart. But we'll see. Anyway, Richard Sherman. So this is a clip that we played a couple days ago, and it kind of resurfaced again today, and Ian had a different take on it. Other fans had a different take on it. Art Teal wrote a column about it in the Sports Press NW.com website today, kind of taking him to task a little bit for this. So I, I went and listened to it again, and it sounds to me, and if I'm wrong, you guys jump in and okay. tell me, it sounds to me that Richard is almost a little bitter with Seahawk fans in his tone of voice. Check this out. You know, and Seattle fans are going to hate to hear this because it's just they hate to accountability these days, but they're probably going to get rid of Bobby, and once you do that, that's that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You're in rebuild. I don't care if Russell's there or not there. You're in rebuild mode. Bobby Wagner is not there. You know, because you either you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Mm. And everybody's learning that the hard way. Russell's learning that Mm. you either leave the hero or you stay long enough to become the villain. Because no matter what, these fans, these fans had never won anything before we got here. Yeah. They had never won anything. They 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 went to the Super Bowl in, in 06 and we're happy to be there, you know? Yeah. And that was their biggest claim. And then we get there, we win the Super Bowl, we spoil them with, with historic defense, and then all of a sudden that's their expectation. Now their expectation is is oh, we're going to the Super Bowl every year. Like y'all have only been to to three in the history of your your, your organization. Yeah. Now you go now you're going every year. No. But you can't appreciate that because now people are saying, let's get rid of Bobby. He costs too much money. So there is no guarantee you're going to keep them. There's no guarantee Bobby stays. And when people start to talk like that and then you get what you wanted, because they were talking about get rid of us. And they were like, we got replacements. We got LOB 2.0. And yeah. then you got rid of us. And then you realize you don't. Okay. So first of all, he's quoting Harvey Dent there, right, from The Dark Knight. Um, does he sound better to you a little bit? I or am I crazy here? No, I think he sounds like a guy that has that has taken a lot of shots on Twitter from Seahawk fans hmm. over various things. I'm sure the 
you know, beating down the door of his family's house was one of the things. I'm sure going to the San Francisco 49ers, even though that was more, that was as much the Seahawks' responsibility as it was, uh, or the reason the, the Seahawks let him go. Really, yeah. they didn't want him yeah. back. So yeah. I don't, I have, I don't have yeah. any ill towards Richard Sherman going to San Francisco. But it sounds like he's been, he's been picked on by Seahawk Nation huh. the last huh. year or two, yeah. and he's kind yeah. of lashing back out at him. Yeah, because I don't get that. I mean, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're right that that's what he sounds like, and I don't get why he would feel that way. I mean. I don't remember a lot of people crapping on him when he went through his mental health thing. I don't. Rem- I mean, I, I remember most Seahawks fans having his back. I mean, first of all, it's a douchey thing to do to go after a guy during something like that. Right. Number one, I don't care who he plays for. And then number two, I don't remember a lot of people going after Richard Sherman when that happened. I do remember people busting his balls when he went to the Niners, including me, because he plays for the enemy now. He's a right. rival. Hey, I, I said a million times, go play for them. Get that crap out of your system. Retire. Come back, and we'll kiss your ass again. And that's what I'm going to I mean, I love Richard Sherman. So I guess I don't get this. If we agree that he does sound like he's got some bitterness towards Seahawk Nation, and maybe you're right. Maybe he saw some stuff on Twitter that I didn't see. Maybe he took it too personally. Maybe he got too wound up about the minority, the lunatic fringe on Twitter that went after him when he took off for San Francisco. But he's taking shots at Hawk fans like we were nothing before they showed up. And, hey, look, there's no doubt that they took us to a new level. No one's going to deny that. Mm-hmm. But when I was a, you know, a kid, I remember a season ticket waiting list of a million people. Couldn't get tickets. 83 AFC Championship, multiple trips to the postseason, the Super Bowl. Mike Holmgren's success, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like Richard Sherman is just lashing out at Seahawks fans, and maybe you're right that he took too much crap during those episodes, but I didn't feel like he had a reason to do that. He is a guy that's had a history of opening his mouth before he really thinks about what is going to come out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely think if he had to do it all, now he would never admit to this, but I believe that if he had to do it all over again, he wouldn't have done the Aaron Andrews thing. I think if he had to do it all over again, he mm. wouldn't have gone nuts on the sideline in the Atlanta Falcons game and have to be restrained by his teammates. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think there's yeah. a few things that Richard Sherman, if he really had to do it all over again, because I see him as a very, very intelligent person, but an intelligent person with a really, really you know, loose lips. Well, he holds a grudge for sure. Yes. Right? He's got a grudge against Jim Harbaugh that he's held for 15 years, and he probably has grudges toward Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, we know that Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman never saw eye to eye, maybe even more so from Sherman's perspective. But, and maybe you're right. Maybe he'll, you know, he'll regret that stuff. My sense is that he doesn't regret it now, but maybe he will when he's 70 years old. The Aaron Andrews thing may be less so than going after coaches uh, because the Aaron Andrews thing, in a lot of ways, really put him on the map. I mean, people that didn't know who Richard Sherman was, they certainly as hell knew then. Yeah, but you want to be on the map because of that? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it, though. It's tactical. I didn't have a problem with the whole thing, you know? And again, if you remember what happened there, he went up to Michael Crabtree and slapped him on the butt and said, good game. Remember that? When they picked up the audio. And then he got pissed off because Crabtree snapped back at him. That's what led to him going on with Aaron Andrews and having that kind of uh, you know tone and attitude to- towards that whole thing. I think if Michael Crabtree looked at Sherman and said, "Hey, man, thanks, good game," I don't think you have any of that with Aaron Andrews. None of that. I would love to know whether Richard Sherman put his hand out honestly as a sportsman, mm-hmm. or Richard Sherman put his hand out like, "Ha, 
Good game. Well, you heard the audio, right? I did. Yeah, the audio, to me, makes it sound like he was genuine. And he was really like, hey, man, good game. Really good game. I mean, that's what I, maybe I'm a sucker and I'm wrong about that, but that's what I heard. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on that, because all of us kind of agree that he sounds a little bitter towards Seahawks yeah. fans. So, does he have a right to be bitter? Does he sound bitter? 49451 for testimonials. A guy who was absolutely bitter. Every day he wakes up. No question about it. Petros Papadakis. <laughs> but grab your nuts. Well, join us next on 950 KJR. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.